Ah, greetings, B-movie aficionados. All right. Hello. Welcome to Couple of Flicks. I am Tristan. I am Nick. And I'm Zach. So, have you have either of you seen anything lately? Uh, I haven't. No, I've been busy with WoW. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Just YouTube videos, and I've been uh, watching Friends on Netflix while playing WoW. <laughs> so, just something to in the background while I'm grinding. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> <About> it. <laughs> I haven't watched Friends for. A long time you know yeah i never but, really saw the whole thing through and yeah. it's like the most popular thing on netflix so i figured i'd give it a shot it's all right i hate almost all of them though but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there's some funny lines and funny shit in there the good thing about friends is it's very watchable you know? yeah and uh i mean i've 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 watched the whole series and the season finale and or the series finale and all that stuff and yeah i mean i i watched I mean, I I mostly watched it with my sister because she was sort of the one who was a big fan of it. But yeah, so yeah. Um, have you seen anything lately? Uh, last two things I watched before the the three for this episode was Wreck and Wreck Two. <laughs> yeah, excellent. First one was good. Second one, not so much. <laughs> yeah, the first one I actually find really scary. It was done really well for a found footage because I don't get into those too much, but that one was really good. They're hard to get into because, like, they're so obscure, like, they're visually so obscure that it's just sometimes it can. I mean, most found footage films I, I tend to find like more irritating than enjoyable, mainly because you're not so much of the time, the visibility is just so vague and but i felt like with wreck they actually utilized that that element really well you know just to made it really claustrophobic so yeah so. and i would have liked the second one better if they didn't go into the possession all that shit <laughs> i agreed the first half of wreck 2 was pretty good you know but then once once it got into that part, yeah, it just it all sort of fell apart, became really cheesy, you know. And, um, but yeah, I, I, and you never saw the remake, right? The, the quarantine. No, not yet. Yeah, I, I didn't really like it. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> let's see. As far as new things I've watched, or things that I've watched for the first time, um, I watched Lords of Chaos which is about the, the uprising of um, the black metal um, scene in, in Norway. Um, although it only tells like kind of a small part of the story, but it tells kind of the main part, like the most notorious part of it. Um, and it's based on a book also called Lords of Chaos. And it was, it was decent. Um, I'd say if, if you want to watch a movie that's about black metal, um, I'd recommend it. Uh, it's not, super accurate and it knows that it isn't i mean at the very beginning of the movie it says that it's based on the truth and on lies so and uh but i but i would 
I'd recommend it if you're if you're curious about the idea. Um, but beyond that, I would just stick to the documentaries. So because that tells a bigger. Hmm. Yeah. And then the um, aside from that, I watched this. The I watched a film that Steven Seagal directed, his only film that he directed um, called On Deadly Ground, where he plays this uh, and he plays this environmentalist in Alaska who is basically duking it out with oil drillers. And it was, it was yeah. terrible. I, I really, <laughs> really don't recommend it at all. Yeah. It's really badly dubbed and badly made. And he's like trying to protect Alaska. And yet he basically destroys Alaska in the process. Nice. And there's, and the whole thing, there's like no irony to it at all. Like, was there fat, was it fat Seagal? No, it was it wasn't Fat Seagal. It was like an early early Seagal movie, like early '90s. It might have been like '92 or '93, which wouldn't have surprised me if it were '93, because that was a terrible year for action movies. Because that was the year that like Sidekicks came out with Chuck, Chuck Norris, and um, I think Last Action Hero came out that year too with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. And yeah, it's I wouldn't recommend On Deadly Ground. Um, <laughs> and then. Um, I watched a movie that um, it it was by the it's by one of the directors of um, Swiss Army Man, which I don't know if either you've seen that. Yeah, I liked that. Yeah, yeah, it was by one of the directors of that. It's a newer movie. I I think it's in theaters right now. Um, And the title, um, it's kind of an awkward title. It's titled um, "The Death of Dick Long," (laughs) (laughs) and um, I definitely can't spoil what it's about uh but i will say that i that it's definitely one of the funniest movies i've seen this year and that it's um that it's uniquely american and i i think i'd be curious as to what your thoughts on it would be so yeah so check that one out then i guess yeah Yeah. (laughs) i watched it at a friend's house and we both were just kind of yeah i i I don't know i'm still kind of uh haunted by it so (laughs) Um, so those are the things that I saw recently that I hadn't seen before. And then I rewatched a movie, uh, like a really low budget film called Bellflower, um, which is really good. I like that one. So. Hmm. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, so, uh, so let's get started. So, um, so let's talk, uh, the, your choice, which was, you can say it if you want. It was a Mac and me. Yes. <laughs> One of the uh, movie I had as a child on VHS, and I don't remember it being uh, as bad as it was. <laughs> I quite enjoyed it as a kid, and uh, I didn't <laughs> right now. Yeah. No, bad. <laughs> so, uh, as for the plot, it's basically E.T., right yep <laughs> pretty much instead yeah. of a, a a single alien basically though it's kind of about the family of them would you say yeah pretty much um it's <laughs> uh i mean for those who like who missed et in the theaters in 1982 um and never got around to getting the the vhs tape with the with the weird green part on the back <laughs> I, I mean i don't know if you guys ever remember but the vhs yeah. tape of et yeah and um but i just, yeah i just remember like because first whatever reason my mom like she didn't keep the the covers 
but she kept the, the tapes and that one just always my OCD. Like I always hated the fact that the back of it was green, you know, and I would always just kind of like kind of put it behind another one just because like the green cover like always annoyed me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But um, for those who missed ET, you know, um, six, if you know, six years later, Mac and me, which is a ET ripoff essentially came out. Uh, yeah, um, uh, so those folks could enjoy that one instead, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, um, I had never seen this before. Neither had I, yeah. So. First time. <laughs> what did you guys think? On an enjoyment level, I'd, I liked it. But yeah. <laughs> as far as um, it being an actual good movie, um, there was a lot of things that were wrong with it um i thought it was very very funny yeah like very 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 funny um not on purpose either <laughs> i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know a lot of people like they talked about the the, the part with the wheelchair scene where with, i mean it's like of course there's i mean um you know the whole movie is a wheelchair scene, but there's one <laughs> particular wheelchair wheelchair scene where the kid falls off the cliff or whatever, which everybody's familiar with that clip. Um, but I actually thought the part with the vacuum was even funnier. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, uh, I mean it's pretty much like yeah, a group of mysterious alien creatures, the Max. The Max. The Max. Um, <laughs> they get abducted by the U.S. government. Um. And uh, eventually they end up fleeing the facility. Um, although one of them, the, uh, I guess we'll call him Mac. Um, yeah. Because the kid, the, the, the kid, the main character kept on calling him Mac. So I guess that's his name. Um, but he, uh, yeah, he stumbles upon the, it, um, this kind of family I guess it's, I mean, I don't, I, I'm not sure where the dad was, but, um, yeah, the mom, uh, I don't know the whole, like, it's like this mom and these two sons and they're moving into this new house and there's this neighbor, which it's like this really sketchy girl and her, I guess it was her older sister or her mom. Yeah. I, I mean, she looked kind of young to be her mom so maybe it was her older sister i mean i don't know i think it was her older sister yeah it's a sister okay yeah and uh and a uh, a friendship is 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 uh a friendship grows out of that and then um and then hijinks ensue with, yeah with the alien <laughs> i guess <laughs> uh, yeah i think um <laughs> I mean, probably the most notable thing about this movie is all the uh, the corporate sponsorship, mm -hmm. yeah. um, which was my favorite part of the movie. I gotta say, <laughs> the random McDonald's scene. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. <clears throat> oh my Jesus. That McDonald's scene. That was fucking dumb. So. <laughs> why did everybody start dancing? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> did did the alien like? make them start dancing because i know that the alien sort of has like magic powers a little bit i mean i looked away for a second and then i looked back and they were all dancing at mcdonald's and it's like wait what the fuck did i miss why are they dancing? Yeah. i mean i asked the same question what did i miss and i didn't end up turning away like it's just they all 
yeah and ronald mcdonald make a made yeah. a pretty cool cameo you know yeah, which, i mean <laughs> it was it was uh that was definitely a i i mean i i don't know what it was but i laughed really hard i mean yeah, I, was... there were a lot of parts that like that where i was actually laughing and i watched it by myself which i kind of wished i hadn't you know i wished i had watched <laughs> it with somebody else but i was yeah. i was laughing like by myself to mac and me just kind of like puzzled by the whole thing you know but yeah <laughs> the coca-cola um advertisements and the yeah, and the skittles advertisements yeah. they were so plentiful i mean and and i, I liked how the film every time you know somebody drank a coke or somebody ate skittles the film made sure to to make it very very clear on screen you know what it was that they were eating or drinking yeah yeah and it was the uh... <laughs> Coca-Cola was the, the elixir that brought the family back to life when they found them in the, the cave. That was so fucking bad. <laughs> that, was, that was like the biggest product placement. Like the elixir of life is Coke. Oh, yeah. All right. That was Yeah, I mean, I, it, I I that was pretty much all the characters in this movie drank. Yeah. Um yep. It's just it's just interesting to think about these companies that like this is their sort of view on American life. This is their ideal, like their idealized view on American life. Just nothing but people eating and drinking their products. And, uh, and it, it, I don't know. It's just kind of, it was funny, you know, it was a movie about the way corporations wish that life worked, you know? I mean, there were times where I seriously felt like the movie was, you know, kind of trying to brainwash me. Because there was just Coke everywhere. They go to a grocery store. There's towers of Coke, um, yeah. which, then, you know, yeah. Instead of like Reese's Species, like an E.T., it was Coke, a trail of Coke. Yeah, <laughs> trails of Coke, trails of Skittles. <laughs> and, um, you know, E.T., I mean, say what you will about it, but at least that film didn't shove Reese's Pieces in, in your face every two scenes. I mean... Yeah. Yeah. I also wanted to mention the look of these aliens. It basically looks like a butthole with two (laughs) bulging eyes. Yeah, they weren't that good. Yeah, they looked like pretty uncomfortable bodysuits. But I'm certainly intrigued by, like, what it must have been like to play these kinds of roles of these aliens, which were making a lot of strange noises. The noises they made actually kind of remind me of the noises my cat made. You know, there were times when I was watching it where, like, I'd, I'd like, turn around and be like, whoa, whoa. You know, just, like, because, yeah, they sounded just like my cat. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, at the end, they become U.S. citizens somehow. Oh, fucking stupid. (laughs) Yeah, so so spoilers. Um, (laughs) Oh Which, yeah, spoilers. I, actually, I, guess. <laughs> I mean it's Mac and me. So who? I mean, who cares about spoilers for Mac and me? Yeah. Um, but like, so yes, yeah, th- things kind of go go haywire at the end there. Um, I mean, so they're on the run from the U.S. government, who who chases them down through a mall. I mean, these are fast guys. Y- you know, they can run fast. That kid can wheelchair fast. Yeah, <laughs> that kid has <laughs> some mad has wheelchair some arms skills. On that kid. <laughs> he was better than the kid in um, Silver Bullet. <laughs> you know, like he was zooming. Mm-hmm. 
and these and yet somehow these government agents i mean they they were out for blood i mean they chased him down like like a cheetah and <laughs> you know at one point they're going through the the mall or whatever and the the door closes and some, some wires go fly there's electricity and all this stuff and the doors close and then they break down the window. Although there was a door right next to them that they could have like, cause I don't, I don't think that door was locked. I think it was just the, that one door that, but whatever. Anyway. Um, and then the mom kind of became part of the pursuit at one point, but then she wasn't like, yeah, she got held back or something. Yeah. She guess she like, maybe she got distracted or something. <laughs> and, um, and, and yeah. And, I don't know. The film just kind of starts making less and less sense as it as it goes along. Almost yeah. like it's just kind of making stuff up as it, as like just random script ideas. So okay, eventually the government catches up with them. There's a showdown, which I'm not really sure why that had to involve gunfire. Like, yeah, I don't. Why, why did everybody just start shooting at each other? Like, because it's America. I guess. I guess it's trying to make a statement. <laughs> about like illegal aliens or something like because the alien so like they they wind up in a grocery store and they're they're these these aliens like they're pretty shitty honestly because they keep stealing soda like they they like at one point one of them reaches through a, a window oh, yeah. and breaks the window and and steals this girl's soda yeah <clears throat> i mean Assholes. it's awful and so like take them out and then and then they're in a grocery store and like the 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 guy like actually pulls a gun on this alien which i didn't feel was warranted because there wasn't really any threat like yeah just wanted some soda exactly (laughs) and then the alien gets a hold of the gun which i thought it would have been the funniest thing in the world if that alien accidentally shot and killed somebody (laughs) you know but it didn't happen um, but then like the agents show up, the police show up, show up, people start firing, everything starts exploding. And somehow in the middle of it, you know, the, the wheelchair kid with the heart of gold who throughout the whole movie has been helping these aliens gets mowed down. Yep. He dies. He's the casualty. <laughs> I, so I was thinking like, why didn't they, I usually they in like, I was like, Oh shit. Are they going this route with that? Like that's dark. It was pretty dark at the time. I was like, "Oh, what the fuck?" Yeah. Usually they would. I figured they'd like mow down the brother, and then the kid would be crying over the brother. Yeah. And shit, but they killed the kid. I was like, "God damn." Yeah. Until they brought him back to life. Yep. I was expecting him to whip out a bottle of Coke and start <laughs> pouring it down his throat. <laughs> I mean, that would have been the ultimate Coca-Cola advertisement. <laughs> yes. And uh, and so the kid is resurrected. The wheelchair child. Eric, I think his name was. Yeah. He's Eric. resurrected like Jesus, you know. <laughs> so it's, oh, you know, sure. it's a spiritual story <laughs> about aliens. And then they become US citizens, you know. And there's no there's no weird. I mean, it just kind of happens after that. <laughs> yeah. Like the the kid survives after he gets resurrected. <clears throat> and then Pretty much the next scene is this gentleman um, giving them the the right to citizenship, and they're dressed in suits, which looked hysterical. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was fucking funny when they were dressed up. Um, everybody in this movie sucked at driving. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and so it was kind of tragic to see that at the at the end of the movie the last shot was of the of the aliens driving um and just like i don't know it it, it just seemed kind of scary to me cuz it's like they hadn't been around that long they've never driven a car before like i don't know how how good are they honestly behind the wheel you know <laughs> right i mean it, judging by the way everybody else in this movie drives the mother the the brother i mean they, everybody in this movie drives like a maniac you know and as somebody who is has a fear of dying in a car wreck those were probably the scariest scenes for me you know? <laughs> um now okay <clears throat> at the at the beginning of the movie when the when the when that one alien was escaping like he's running across the cars and then there was that one kid in the car with the red hair now I I should have looked it up, but was that the kid from um, Terminator Two? Yeah. Okay. That's funny. I, I, I looked it up. Oh, okay. <laughs> I he knew looked, he looked familiar. Yeah, he was. He looked like the kid from like Salute Your Shorts and uh, Terminator Two, the the red haired kid with the mullet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay, and that was him. I meant to look it up, but I just I didn't, you know, just because I didn't really care. You know? That but, scene was. That scene was hilarious too. When the hole in the fence and he's like stretched back and then like tumbleweeds across the road. Yeah. He like, they hit the fence or whatever. And he just goes flying off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's hysterical. <clears throat> um, so sequel. Yeah. Was, <laughs> there was a planned there... sequel, but it did so bad. It never happened. <laughs> it could st- it could still happen, though, when you think about it. I mean, you know, hear me out. I mean, if this movie, like, because this movie has, it's, has developed a relatively sizable fan base, I feel like, mainly because of how shitty it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, as time is going on, we're, we're seeing, um, you know, older actors being resurrected for newer movies, you know, like we're having... Uh, actors being de-aged we're having actors who are dead being put in movies you know we just heard this recent news about james dean so who knows mac and me too could happen tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) oh i hope not i'd still watch it though (laughs) i think i would watch it too (laughs) let's make a fan film (laughs) mac and me start it up a Kickstarter for Mac and Me Too. <laughs> <sighs> I wonder. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. So I, I, I'm not sure where any of the other actors in this movie are these days. But I mean, <sighs> I don't know. That this movie it was definitely a product of its time. I gotta say. Yeah. I mean, the, the mm-hmm. music. It's pure '80s, and it's pure America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think on a scale of one to five, I'd I'd give it a two, because honestly, I was fascinated by the the, the corporate sponsorship. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what it was about it, but I just I found it really interesting. And uh, yeah, that's I, I'd say uh, as a movie that was made from the perspective of people, of corporations who want. America to be a specific, a very specific way. This is their dream, actualized. So, all right. Well, I went into this 
with higher expectations, I think, than I was, than I got. Because I thought it was going to be a little more funnier than I was imagining because of just, you know, the the talk around <laughs> it and everything. So I was a little disappointed. I was a little bit bored with it for most of it. But the good scenes were, like, hilarious, of course. And but I could feel you could just YouTube those scenes and get all you need to get from this movie. And But I will give it a two out of five just because it gave that running gag of Paul Rudd in Conan's <laughs> just for that. <laughs> Otherwise it'd be like a one. <laughs> and what I love about that, every time he plays that clip, he always has the same look on his face, like a dead serious deadpan look like, you know, like yeah. hysterical. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I gave it a two and a half. I was going to give it a three, but I, I can't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I think two and a half is probably the highest. Only um, because it made me laugh more than it should have. <laughs> yeah, I think if I were a kid and I watched this and I hadn't seen ET yet, I probably would have liked it more. Although having said that, I didn't really like ET when I was a kid, so maybe I wouldn't. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, overall, Mac and Me was hysterical. But as far as as far as films go, it is of poor quality. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, if you're looking for family miracles and magical alien stuff, um, it leaves something to be desired, I'd say. So. <laughs> so let's see. So the next movie is your choice right choice <clears throat> do you want to say what that was okay, that was uh, yeah it, my choice was uh basket case yeah it's directed by frank hennenmotter who's an exploitation film master and uh he's also one of the i think he was one of the it was he was involved in the something weird um distribution company which mostly puts out like weird odd obscure like exploitation films or at least they used to i don't know if they still do but but exploitation they, films like they put out like the films of like herschel gordon lewis for example and like on dvd films like yeah. that uh, anyway oh. yeah, i had no idea i just picked it based on the name alone i just scrolled through oh i had no idea so besides mac and me the other two movies i had no idea what we were i was going into like even what genre they were i thought basket case might be some type of comedy because it sounds like, oh, basket case, crazy, wacky guy or something, shenanigans going down. No, it was like some kind of weird horror thriller, fucking disturbing movie. <laughs> like this, this movie disturbed me, honestly. It, it like, was actually really it was, disturbing. <laughs> it was really fucking weird. Like, and uh, so yeah, I guess. Do you want me to like maybe summarize the plot, or I can, you know, I can go ahead and try that so it's basically the main character uh show he, he shows up to a hotel gets a room he's carrying a basket and like I, this is just the first few scenes i was just like oh this is disturbing of how it's just shot it looked real dingy like it was just yeah. like poorly shot and like all the characters were kind of grimy and like ugh. It just made me feel uneasy the whole time watching it. Yeah, I felt the same way. <laughs> yeah. 
And yeah. Do we ever know where he got that money from? Like, <clears throat> I kind of missed that part. I don't like he had a lot of cash. I mean, my guess is that he might have inherited it from his aunt. Okay. Um, you know, that's that's pretty much my only guess. So. So yeah, and so it's about him and his Siamese twin that got separated belial yeah and and belial it was just like a fucking blob creature monster thing so that's basically what it was and it's like a horror thriller or whatever uh and i was just like going through it because i didn't know what was going on the whole time i was flipping back and forth whether or not the guy was crazy because the main character just acted off like the entire time so I wasn't sure if, like, he, he was imagining that thing in the basket and he was crazy and doing the killings or whatnot. But, nope. The monster thing was real, apparently. <laughs> and it was killing shit. <clears throat> they do have a psychic connection, though. Yeah, like, they did have a psychic connection. And that kind of, um, it ends up kind of going in a in an interesting direction like later on um because at, at one point there is kind of the question as to whether or not like like how like ha- how entwined their identities are um mainly because of that dream sequence at the end oh the naked so, one where he was naked <laughs> yeah <laughs> the Slinging naked one dog. where he was naked yeah. yeah in the cold streets of new york right so. Yeah, so there is dong in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely it's definitely eighties, mm-hmm. um, in in both a good way and a bad way. Yeah, and I just wonder, like, if they needed that basket just for the puppetry. <laughs> what if they just played her like, <laughs> how are we gonna puppet this thing normally? Oh. Have him carry it in a basket. <laughs> have the guy underneath. <laughs> yeah, this movie is is grimy as hell. It's it's it is pure grime. It is it's grimy in like the same way that um like films like like Maniac and Nightmare and a Damaged Brain, which both came out in the eighties, um are are grimy. Just you know, ugly, smelly looking cityscapes with strippers and hookers and drug addicts and you know all that stuff like basically just like the most eccentric kind of offbeat off the beaten path type of people everywhere um garbage everywhere broken glass all yeah. that stuff i mean yeah it was weird yeah like i liked his he got fucking shit faced at a bar with that chick from across the hall oh yeah it was like just a drunken exposition he just like let it all out like oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then it started the flashback of them as him as a kid and yeah. doing the surgery and shit yeah which oh man <laughs> was actually pretty sad honestly yeah. like i tend to i like horror movies that <clears throat> kind of make you sympathize with the monster or with the killer and uh i like movies where that where you pretty much spend all your time with them like when it's like when they're like the main character basically and uh yeah and he's like talking to this neighbor of his who 
what was with all the smiley faces in her apartment? Like, what was that all about? I guess that I guess she just likes smiley faces. I she, didn't even notice that. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she was she was probably the she was she was probably my favorite character, um, just because she was pretty funny, you know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, he's he's carrying his his Siamese brother around, um, and uh, at first you're not really quite sure why, but you pretty much it, it you it doesn't take long to realize he's he's pretty much carrying him around for the sole purpose of getting revenge on the the people who separated them. Yeah, yeah, a revenge movie. Yeah, and um, and while while they're doing that, Dwayne, who is at least attempting to have a normal life which is impossible since he has this deformed twin brother who he has to take care of who's violent and and kills people um like shreds them yeah pretty much um he does try to go out on a date with mixed results um there's chemistry there but it just doesn't end up ultimately panning out mainly because um he's his brother and he are just too good they're too codependent and uh it's actually, I don't know. It's actually kind of a sad movie. Like the and the direction it ends up ultimately going in it's it ends up being kind of a tragedy. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was fucking weird. <laughs> I mean <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it's bleak, you know. Definitely, yeah. Having said that, I actually did kind of find it pretty funny, though. Yeah, <laughs> like the fucking puppetry and the, the, all the stop motion. The puppetry, <laughs> the stop motion, which wasn't super great, but I, I, I still enjoyed it. You know, um, I, I always I applaud them for going in that direction and and trying it out. I, I like the creative aspect of it, and I also kind of like that there's sort of a cartoonish feel to it too yeah like the way people die in this movie it's very bloody and over the top um and quite exaggerated too like limbs and blood everywhere mm-hmm. like that one <laughs> nurse lady that got her face shoved into some knives and it just yeah. showed her for like 30 seconds screaming with knives <laughs> and then she just kind of slowly yeah. dropped out of the frame yeah. <laughs> like she didn't fall over dead or anything. She yeah. kind of dropped off the frame. <laughs> that was the best part of the movie for me. That one shot, you know. And she, out of all the characters, she was probably the, the most evil out of all the people they were taking revenge on. I just got that impression. Um, the the yeah, because she was kind of like because because at one point, I mean, the doctors who they're they're hunting down, so to speak. Um, one of them does kind of catch on to the fact that oh crap like this is sort of a uh a figure from the past coming back and uh and he calls her and she says just deny everything you know she's kind of like the puppet master behind it you know and so then when they finally reach her it's like the final destination it's yeah it it's pretty much the last person and um but then after that um so, do you want to talk about the ending? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the ending is 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 uh, yeah. It's probably the most tragic part of the whole film, which is saying a lot, considering that you know it's a movie about Siamese twins who are separated, and one of them gets thrown into a dumpster and, or a garbage bag, you know, as if they're as if 
he's not even human basically like they just treat him like he's not human which i guess he is i guess he's a monster but that's only because he was made that way ultimately um but at the end of the movie like he ends up uh hunting down the Dwayne's girlfriend and fondling her and killing her yeah that was during the that's during this naked scene <laughs> yeah he saw her and he like saw through her his eyes of that shit of him doing uh, the monster doing that yeah that was weird it was and then he and then essentially they end up um it ends up basically turning into a suicide pact like they both <laughs> the mo- the movie ends with them dying yeah you know that last fight scene was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> that thing grabbed him by the balls. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. It just lifted him up by the balls. Yeah. I loved that. <laughs> that was so fucking funny. Oh. <sighs> but they did make sequels. Oh, shit, really? Yeah. Oh, and, no. and after I watched Basket Case, because um, oh, no. it turns out I have this, I had Basket Case. And I had the sequels as well, um, which I totally forgot that I had. And so I watched both of those as well. And um, in my opinion, they're not as good as the first one. So if you didn't like the first one, I I wouldn't recommend the sequels. Um, The sequels have better special effects. And like you could tell, they had a little bit more to work with. But I kind of feel like that sort of took away from them a little bit because like i thought what worked about the first film was its sort of cheap weird quality and sequels i don't know like they definitely are weird but they're just they just they don't have the same quality as the first one in my opinion so i i wouldn't really recommend the sequels unless you know you want more of of what the first one was basically (laughs) um and uh, I don't think that would be everybody, you know, but I don't know. I was curious, so I watched them. So. I'll check them out eventually. <laughs> yeah. They might. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. Basket Case, I mean, it's one of those mo- one of those sort of low-budget films that I felt had a, had a vision behind it. Um, it was an ugly vision. Uh, probably not the kind of vision that most people would be able to get behind but for people who who like their horror movies to be you know real grungy and dingy and ugly um you know basket case is definitely satisfying in that in that sense um and there are times where i'm totally on board for a movie like that you know which is just about the worst aspects of human nature um yeah i don't know if you're if you're into ugly stuff basket basket case i i'd recommend it you know i'd give it probably three out of five i mean i'd give it like a two and a half i think being being generous (laughs) that's interesting (laughs) stuff yeah but it's just weird disturbing Mm. gross (laughs) very very gross I also gave it a two and a half. <laughs> I, I also thought the uh, the pacing of it was weird. I don't know if it was just the editing or what, but that's the one thing I wrote. Either for sure, yeah. There was a lot of weird transition shots. <laughs> I noticed. It was kind of awkwardly edited. I kind of liked that aspect of it. That's something that that the sequels, um, 
the sequels aren't aren't as awkwardly edited. So um, if that was something that bothered you about the first one, the, the sequels might actually kind of click with you more because I can see how like if one were watching a film like that and it had kind of an unusual editing style or it, the scenes kind of felt like they were ending prematurely and stuff like that, that it could be, you know, distracting. And I've the I'm the kind of I've seen so many, so, so, so many bad horror movies that sort of the, the kind of cheaper, crappier aspects of this film don't really bother me as much. <clears throat> um, so uh, that hotel manager, by the way, um, he was like, he. I feel like I've seen him in something before, but I don't know. I looked up the actor. I don't, I don't know none of it but yeah. i don't know did either did he seem familiar to you guys like he did to me yeah, yeah. Nah, me. he kind of looked like a, yeah. a fatter gallagher in a way <laughs> um frank hennenlauter um i'd say i because i've seen all of his movies i don't like this one as much as brain damage um which came out a few years later. Um, and I'd say I'd recommend brain damage more over that, over this one. And, um, you know, not to get into the plot of brain damage, but it sort of has a similar kind of atmosphere. And it's also sort of follows a kind of a social outcast, like an awkward social outcast. So I feel like Frank Hennenlauter sort of identifies with oddball characters so um but yeah so and he also did i I, what was i think he oh yeah he did frankenhooker as well (laughs) i mentioned that last time (laughs) i was trying to remember anyway (laughs) so yeah overall i liked it yeah yeah interesting (laughs) um so then the last film was Miracle Mile, which when I chose this one, I I think I I chose it sort of remembering that it was more of a B movie, so to speak, than it than it actually kind of ended up being. Um, but you know, basically, so Miracle Mile, um, it's it was made. I think it was made the same year as Mac and Me, actually, in 1988. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So. It tells the story of this gentleman, Harry, who meets this girl, I think Julie? What's her name? Anyway. Um uh, I forget. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I'm not remembering. Um, but you know, they, they meet cute, so to speak. I hated a... it. <laughs> I hated the whole intro thing. It was so cheesy. <laughs> it is it was a very familiar intro. Like you know. his voiceover when he was talking about it. You know, it made it like the first because, again, this is a movie I had no idea what it was about. Mm. So I was going into it thinking, oh, is this like some kind of dramatic, I don't know, rom romance movie or something? It kind of starts off like that. Yeah. His voiceover yeah. was like so deep and poignant. And mm. like he said, some like talking about the mysteries of love and yeah. all that stuff. And it was just, and he just, his voiceover was so flat too. I was like, oh, this fucker. He can't yeah. even voice over. <laughs> this is not going to yeah. go well. Yeah. Although Anthony Ed- Edwards, definitely, in my opinion, anyway, one of the, one of the better actors that's worked in TV, but I will say, yeah, the voiceover, um, I mean, it didn't, 
I don't know. I don't even remember the voiceover, actually, to be it was honest. It just like so. in the first scene, <laughs> yeah. setting it up. It was just like, oh, they're going for some artsy shit. Because that's what just, <laughs> like, the writing sounded like. And it yeah. was not hidden. Yeah. But they meet cute at a museum. Um, they hit it off. Um, their chemistry is perfect. You know, honestly, they couldn't be a better couple. So they set up a date. Um, but unfortunately, through a series of unfortunate circumstances, the... Uh, the gentleman doesn't end up making it. He ends up inadvertently standing her up. Um, so he goes to her place of work and then a payphone, which is a relic from the past, a payphone <laughs> rings and he picks it up and the person on the line tells him that a nuclear payload is going to be dropped on the city in an hour. And the rest of it pretty much unfolds in real time. Yeah. That is one thing I do like about it is that it unfolded in real time. I do wish more movies did like real time type movies. Agreed. That's something I, I liked about that series. Um, um, uh, 24. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but uh, yeah, no, this movie... Um, I mean, holy crap. Like, I got to say, like, uh, you the whole time. I mean, it, it's interesting because there's kind of two sort of suspenseful aspects of it. There's the aspect of him getting back together with his girl, trying to track her down, trying to kind of uh, sort of through like kind of figure out or get focused and, and get to where she lives and and retrieve her to escape the city if they even have enough time to do that. Um, but then there's also the suspense of what could actually happen in an hour because he like, there's sort of the possibility that it could be a hoax still. Yeah. That was one of the things I, everyone like that bothered me in the beginning was just a hoax. Like uh, I, if I, I saw this as like everybody except the main character was somewhat intelligent of doing the right thing, except for like them all freaking the fuck out over just some phone call. Like in the, when he got it and was telling everyone, I thought like the most he- level headed person was that Roger chick. Hmm. Like she was like, eh, whatever. It's some fucking, it's four in the morning. Some drunk asshole probably just called you. Yeah. And like she just ignored it, <clears throat> dismissed it. And then, yeah. And then like that fucking, the, 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 the cook. He just like got up, fucking pointed a gun at his head, and I was like, "Oh man, this is escalating real quick off a possible prank phone call." Yeah, he shot the gun, pointed it at his head. I was like, "Okay then, yeah, everyone's gonna go crazy over this." Well, I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, I mean, in, in the eighties, people really were afraid of 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 a bomb, like that, like of of nuclear war. Which, I mean, as time has gone on, nuclear war has kind of changed and. It's not really the same thing as it as it once was. Yeah, um, I, I get that, but the thing is, they were just going off a phone call of this one random. Yeah, which I had at four in the morning. You're yeah. Like, okay. And it, and it could be a hoax, and and it's like if he's right, everybody's gonna die. But if he's wrong, then he basically is responsible for a, a full scale riot that ends yeah. up ensuing. Um. And, uh, I mean. It, it just, I think watching this kind of 
it gave me a very fascinating perspective on on sort of that fear of nuclear oblivion um and and what that fear really meant to people um because yeah i mean yeah if i if i were in a situation like that where i didn't really know for sure i don't really know what i would do and i think this character who's at his core he's a romantic so naturally he's going to seek out he's going to seek out the girl and and try to find her mm-hmm. rather than trying to save his own life which i mean i suppose is is valiant in a way although it's certainly not what i would do that's what i mean like he was the one only one in like the whole movie making stupid decisions like uh when they were leaving the bar or i mean the diner they were all packing up and getting the fuck out of there and like the cook he, he said yeah yeah i'll take you but he lied of course he was just going to the hotel which is the smart move. He's like, just shut up and get in. Let's get the hell out of here. Mm. Again, smart move. I would have said, <laughs> if I was a cook, I would have been like, no, we're not going there. Make Get yourself there. You know, whatever. Yeah. And then he, like, didn't stop to let him out or anything. And, like, the other guy that he stole the car from, right, to get to his girlfriend's place, he was taking too long to get his girlfriend out, so he just booked it. Which yeah. was, an, again, another smart move by that guy. And there's just smart moves made by everybody except the main character, I feel. Although, I did feel like the, the, the car thief, or not the car thief, but the, the, the guy who the had all the... Thief, yeah. Um, that whole incident that occurred at the gas station, which... Oh, my God. That was pretty disastrous. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Yeah. That was and and that pretty much came from everybody deciding to panic. Yeah. I, I you know You're all panicking. at once. The guy in in the gas station was panicking because he had an unregistered uh, weapon. The guy with the stereo was panicking because he had stolen equipment. Um, the the Anthony Edwards character had a had a gun, and uh, I mean it just. And then eventually he steals a police car. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, I and um, as it went along, I mean, because then he eventually tries to find a helicopter. He tries to find, like, he tries to find somebody who can actually fly a helicopter. Oh my God, I should that say that was hilarious. Yeah, that was. Oh, so you're running down the street? Can anyone fly a helicopter? He was just running down the street, asking, yelling. Yeah. He just ran into a gym. Yeah. Asking, holding a gun. He like didn't he shoot the gun in the gym? Yeah, he shot the stereo <laughs> yeah. that they anyone, were all working out and jazzercising. Can anyone fly a helicopter? <laughs> and what's remarkable is he actually does find somebody who can fly a helicopter. Right. I was like, <laughs> yeah. it's like I was like, wow. shut the fuck up. Stop doing this. You're looking at you're just looking in the wrong spot. Like yeah. so somewhere at least a little bit more, I don't know, airport adjacent, maybe. I don't know how close he was, but like you ran into a goddamn gym asking everybody in there if they can fly a helicopter, which isn't that common. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I was because I remember like, I did recognize that guy that could fly the helicopter. Oh yeah. But he was he was only in a couple episodes of Buffy. Yeah. A vampire for a few episodes. I remember him in that. He had, he had a unique face facial structure that worked really well with the, the prosthetics they use in that show. Yeah. I've seen him in a bunch of stuff. He was in, um, uh, the sequel to mortal Kombat. <laughs> mortal Kombat <laughs> oh, annihilation. <yeah. laughs> he played Shao Kahn. <laughs> oh, <really>? Yeah. 
Um, nice. So, oh, by the way, do you have any thoughts? I notice you haven't said much yet. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much have the same thoughts. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I mean, you guys talk more than I do, so I'll let you. Ah. Okay. Let you go. <laughs> well, I mean, if you if you have anything you want to say, you can you feel free to chime in. But um, yeah, nothing yeah. till the end, really. Ah, I okay. Mean. Well, the ending, in my opinion, was probably the best part of the movie, and in, in my opinion, like I felt I... like um, the build up to the final twenty minutes or so. Uh, I mean, really, the the final twenty minutes of this film, I think, say probably the most. Well, I want to backtrack a little before oh, we get to the ending. Yeah, like who was this lady with the fucking suitcase phone? Yeah, that's one of my questions. Like, who the <laughs> hell was she? She knew tons of shit. Like, she because she had a boyfriend that was in the feds or something, an ex. She was, she, yeah, she was somebody who happened to have who who happened to know the, the know the right information. Right, the, I found the fucking funniest thing was like, okay, so she knows shit, and then she asks <laughs> that street cleaner guy and the waitress. Get me a list of the most important people you can think of. <laughs> okay, yeah. you're asking a street cleaner and a waitress. Yeah. Like, Give me scientists, leaders. <laughs> I thought it was funny. They, were, they, I mean, it wasn't. They could have had better names or something because I had no idea who there any of them they were blurting out. But like, <laughs> I, I felt like Harry, Harry Bellatone or somebody like. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a little that was like out the of the most random. That, but like, it was. They could have had a little funny, yeah. and it probably was for people back then, maybe, but I didn't get it. But I did know that street cleaner, too. He was in Shameless, mm. if you're familiar with that. Yeah. He's really good in Shameless. He's a professor. In that. Some of the actors and actresses looked familiar. That waitress, she was in Natural Born Killers, wasn't she? Like, I think so. I think she yeah. was, yeah. Um, I think I saw her in something else, too, like some stupid like, kids movie or something. But... um. Yeah, I mean, it was it was unusual because all these characters were sort of panicking in in unusual ways, which, you know, on one hand, I you know, it's like this is ridiculous. But then on the other hand, I, I I can't really say for sure what I would do. So, yeah. so it's hard for me to really to really judge. But I still did. I, it was still pretty unusual. Yeah, one um, motif I did notice too was like <laughs> when he did jump out of the fucking van and broke his glasses. He became a badass. Yeah. Like, like instead of being like this meek nerd trumpet yeah. player, he became a badass once he lost his glasses. Yeah. And that's when he he took charge of the situation. Was like, right. all right, now I really got to get get glasses to her. Glasses are broken. She's yeah. getting real. Yeah. And actually, um, the that old couple, at one point, there's an old couple. Oh yeah, who, it was the parents of his girlfriend. That's yeah. it. That was kind of a better love story. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. yeah. In in the midst of, of this core love story, which I was I mean, I I, I admittedly was charmed by, but I think I mean, that's mainly because I'm a sucker for romantic movies. I mean, I, I like love actually, you know, so but um it made no sense to me. Yeah. But um those kids. <laughs> um but the the old couple, you know, they they decide they're gonna spend their last their last moments together, and after fifteen years of not talking to each other, yeah. <laughs> and um, I don't know, that was that was that was something I found quite beautiful. Yeah, it was nice. They were like, yeah, yeah we're not gonna try and live. We've lived. Yeah. We'll just watch watch the sunset. Yeah, we've lived long enough. Now we'll watch 
the nuclear sunset if it, if it happens which so <clears throat> yeah the the ending here we go um so eventually oh spoilers i guess um so yeah eventually there is a citywide riot uh it's a pretty nasty one too actually yeah, it happens like, like in a split second too yeah yeah you, like, just walk out a door and everything yeah fucking and that was the moment <laughs> that was the moment when i kind of realized that this movie was a satire like that this film wasn't really intended to be taken literally but really was intended to be more something a little bit bigger i guess which i i kind of admired it actually um and i didn't really remember it that well you know, I the main reason I watched I I wanted to watch I chose this one is because I wanted to watch it again because I just I couldn't really there were just there were too many aspects of it I couldn't remember, and um, and so at the end when the when the riot is happening there was some there was some pretty amazing filmmaking going on um the whole chase through the sewer, like that reminded me kind of of um, Children of Men a little bit like the ending sequences of that like. I kind of feel like, I don't know. I felt like Children of Men might have been inspired a little bit by that, um, just by the way that whole scene unfolded and just how he was just getting chased by that one guy who, and yeah, I mean, it was just it, like everything was just going off the rails. And like he's looking at the TV and people, like people are getting slaughtered. There's blood in the streets. There's cars, you know, turn being turned over. Fire explosions everywhere. And it's all his fault, basically. <laughs> Pretty much. Yep. <laughs> um, but he does eventually reconnect with her. Because she, yeah. she was out looking for helicopters, too. Or a helicopter pilot. Yeah. And he just heard some girls screaming in the streets. Can anyone yeah. find a, or fly a helicopter? Yeah. And he's like, oh, my girlfriend. That must be her. And he was lucky to he was lucky to find her again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, holy crap. Like so throughout the whole movie, it's like it's it's kind of a miracle that he's he manages to not only find her the first time, but the second time too. Like so it's almost like their love is meant to be, you know? But then, you know, they're in the elevator and then the lights go out and the power surges, which pretty much like confirms that um that it's really happening. Um and, and that they're about to die. So then it's only a matter of time before they, they get to the helipad and they get there and they take off. And as they're taking off, um, yeah, it, it ends up, it ends up happening. So. Yeah. It actually was real the whole time. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I think I, I would have kind of liked it better if it didn't happen. Like if the chaos just ensued, and then <laughs> I don't know, maybe cut a little bit of the chasing and all that shit, and then go into what maybe like a ten fifteen minutes of the aftermath of oh nothing happened, but this entire city is up in flames because of fucking fake nuclear, you know, yeah, shit. I think that would have been more yeah. interesting. <laughs> Yeah. Everyone just, yeah, it actually nuking everyone in the end. Well, yeah, I mean, I admit that would have been a pretty interesting direction for the film to go in. Um, 
But I got to say, like, the final minute of this movie actually made me cry um, because they were so close. I mean, they like they actually like they, they you know, found each other twice. They were going, you know, they, they were they were doing the best that they absolutely could, even though they kept on making they kept they fucked up left and right. But they were doing the best they could to try to survive. And they they didn't make it ultimately. Um but in in a way, it also ends in probably the most romantic way that it could because they they get turned into diamonds. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't. I mean, I didn't feel that way. Like I cry during movies all the fucking time, and I just didn't care because they had like what one date as I can, as far as I can tell, they met maybe I don't know. Like was it just one date? Yeah, yeah pretty much like, just one date. Just I love you. Like they were like thrown out. I mean, sure, end of the world stuff. People will say that shit and whatever, but I never. It was one date. I wasn't like I didn't get, think that that was real or okay. It's just the end of the world shit they're saying. And like, yeah, they yeah. died. Yeah, you didn't get to spend enough time with her character either. Yeah, so that to me that relationship was just wasn't that believable. It was like okay, he likes this chick. Sure, he's gonna try and save her, but like. Uh, I love you, blah blah blah. You know, oh, it was meant to be. You don't know. You, this was the first day you met. Maybe <laughs> she's an annoying bitch. You don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, yeah. I guess it wasn't. It wasn't believable. But I don't know. There were so many aspects of this movie that weren't really believable. So I wasn't yeah. really. I mean. I mean, yeah. To me, I felt like it was. Um, the atmosphere of it was so heightened, and absurd at times um you know almost uh, almost comic book like the colors were very saturated i mean maybe it's just because that was the 80s who knows um but i i would say yeah this film was it was dated um ultimately but i don't know i'm the kind of person who who thinks that if a film is dated um in a way that's actually a good thing because um if a film is dated, it essentially means that it can function almost like a like a like a peek into another time period. Um, because usually when a film is dated, uh, it means that there are aspects of it that don't really work in a contemporary kind of way. And there are a lot of things about this movie that don't really work in a contemporary way. Like the very idea of nuclear war or a nuclear bomb just doesn't really have much. It doesn't have. It, it's not that it doesn't have any relevance anymore. It just doesn't have the same kind of relevance that it did that it did in the eighties. Like today, if there were the possibility of a nuclear bomb hitting us, um, I, I don't necessarily know that things would erupt in the same way that they did, or at least, um, or or at least that people would panic so much. I mean. Personally, um, if I heard that a that a bomb was about to drop, I would drive toward the bomb, because a surviving a nuclear bomb, in my opinion, is the absolute last thing I would want to do. Um, so if I were him, I would actually go home and go back to bed, just like the guy on the phone uh, requested that he did. Oh uh, yeah. So, but that's what I would do, you know. Yeah. Overall, I really liked it. I'd give it four out of five personally. So for just mainly because I just I find I like the perspective of it. I like the idea of it and I wasn't bored by it. So, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't bored by it either. I mean, 
I didn't like a lot of the acting. I don't know. It might just be a thing of the 80s acting. One thing I have a problem with just going back and seeing the acting of the different generations. It's always kind of off to me. Yeah. But, and I just think the plot was a little too wacky. <laughs> like, they were all just basing it off some guy who could, he could have even not even taken a phone call, you know, or, you know, even though it ended up happening, sure. Yeah. But again, that's something that I thought was not, that took away from it. It actually did happen. Yeah. So there wasn't any, like, crazy twists or, like, oh, shit. It was just more straightforward, him doing, like, the hero's, you know, journey shit. Hmm. And, you know, I think it had a nugget of a good idea in there. And that's why, like, I actually have an idea for some sh- Gave me ideas for something I'd like to try and make out. But, like, so, f- so for that, I will give it, like, three stars probably then. Cool. I uh, also give it a three. Uh, I enjoyed it, but, like, I don't know. It seemed like it was missing something to me. Yeah. 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 I think if if this film were, like, if they were a remake of this film, I think it would be smart, it, it, which, I, you know, everything's getting remade these days and who knows maybe one day this film will get remade but if it did get remade i think that they should keep the setting in the 80s and they should take a different approach with it you know just make it different from it from this you know don't make the same movie but make it different in some way like maybe have it be a hoax or um or just just have something different about it as long as they keep the real time aspect of it because I think that was probably the most the, the most interesting aspect of it. It was the real time um, yeah. feel. Yeah. yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I ultimately I'm really glad I watched it again. So was it ever was it ever said what happened to the people in the van? No. That that was one of the that was one of the questions I, I had. Yeah, me too. Like what yeah. they disappeared? <laughs> yeah. Like she, she seemed like she knows what she was doing, but yeah, and then never like ended up at the, the helicopter, helicopter or something. Yeah. yeah, and that was one thing I also thought was fucking stupid too. These those two guys were like loading up the helicopter, and then some guy just fucking pops up there with a gun, yelling, telling them shit, like asking for people. Like, first <laughs> off, this is just some random dude, and those guys are like just going along with some crazy fucker popping in at the end of the world. <laughs> Like, if I was those dudes, I'd be a little more like, hey, who are you? What are you doing here? Calm down. Put the gun away. <laughs> Instead, they're just going yeah. with it like he, they already knew who he was. Yeah. Which or those... they didn't because he had to explain, <laughs> I was the one that took the call and told that lady. Yeah. <laughs> so, <funny. laughs> they clearly didn't know who he was, or but he just popped up there. <laughs> yeah. When it was clearly like a secret operative, if like they were making calls, something like he just popped up there. And they accepted it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Miracle Mile, you know. <laughs> so overall, definitely an 80s movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with that for sure. Uh, so I think the theme for the next time will be 80s movies as well, right? Yeah. All right. So... Do you guys know what your choices are like for next time or have you thought about it yet? Uh, I got a pick, yeah. Hmm. 
Um, hard ticket to Hawaii. All right. Have is you heard a, of it? Is that uh, Andy Sedaris? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No idea what it is. <laughs> yeah, I love hard ticket to Hawaii. <laughs> I'm stoked. I can't wait to watch it again. <laughs> never seen it. Never heard of it. Don't know what it is. Oh man. I uh yeah who. Um. <laughs> My choice, I don't know, I I've, I've, I've still kind of, I can't decide, I'm kind of going back and forth between two different films, and I'm not really sure which one I'll choose, um, but I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to go with um, Things from 1989. I don't know anything about it. I know that it has some kind of, it that has a cult following. I knew a guy in Kansas who told me that it was his favorite movie of all time. I know that it's a horror movie. That's pretty much all I know about it. So, <laughs> but I'm going to I'm going to go with one I I haven't seen and that I don't know anything about. It's called Things and it's from 1989. All right. My pick uh something I wanted to rewatch cuz I don't really remember it too much. Uh Surf Nazis Must Die. All right. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Some good old trauma. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. We should, yeah. Once we start getting more and more into the trauma, that'll be that'll be interesting to talk about. Cause yeah. <laughs> they've made some classics for sure. Oh yeah. And then uh, are we doing uh, the fourth one? The, oh. Yeah. So. Thanks killing. If you guys want to do that. Yeah. Let's do thanks killing as well. Sure. Yeah, since it's gonna be Thanksgiving weekend or the weekend after or the week, uh, yeah, something like that. Or it'll be around Thanksgiving, so we may as well watch Thanksgiving. So. Yeah, not really a whole whole lot to make a whole episode out of Thanksgiving, but I thought that was that's a good one to to yeah. watch. Yeah. yeah, toss that one on top of the pile. <laughs> so. Excellent. All right, cool. Uh, okay. Well, that is it for today. And yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. And peace. See ya. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I kind of want to watch Mac and Me again. I got to say. I'm done. I mean, probably not for a while, but I, like, yeah. I think Mac and Me, though, I can picture like if I were with some friends. And we were drunk, like that movie would be a fucking blast. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Shout Factory just put it out on Blu-ray, so I'll probably oh, pick nice. that up at some time. <laughs> There's a Blu-ray. Yep. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Nothing like watching Mac and me on high definition. Oh, yeah. so, I, I, actually, Hard Ticket to Hawaii is available on Blu-ray as well, so. Yeah, they just released like all of Andy Sedaris's movies. Yeah, that's so funny. I don't even know who Andy Sedaris is. He made some movies that they used to play some of his films on Cinemax, actually. Um, and yeah, his movies are known for having a lot of women who have mullets and large breasts. So. Uh. <laughs> and Hard Ticket to Hawaii is okay. all about the the blonde mullets and all about the large breasts. Nice. So. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs>